Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, episode 23. Date of recording is December 18th, 2018. We promised we would be better about recording weekly again. Unsurprisingly, we did not deliver, but we did enjoy a little trip to Vegas together a couple weeks ago. It was better for Eric's wallet than it was mine. Well, yeah, I, 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 that might be my fault. I was rooting for you to succeed, and I think that ah. means I cursed your, your Vegas venture. Uh, what we've realized, though, is that you and I are really good ideas men, right? There's just a little bit we're lacking in execution and follow-through. I think we'll get there, though. But obviously, I would be remiss if I just didn't take a moment to say what I say. He'd be gone before January, and he's gone. Mosby Mourinho is over. I have won. He is unemployed. I am still a fan of Manchester United. My team has no coach. I've probably lost. But I said he'd be sacked in December, and he is. We're going to get. What is dead so may never die. Later. What's up? I said, what is dead may never die. We, we do have a lot, a lot more to go over in this episode beyond Maz v. Mourinho, the heavyweight battle of the, of the year so far. Um, but we also have, you know, some Champions League stuff. Wait, still. wait, why'd you say heavyweight? Have I put on a couple pounds? Fuck, dude. All right. <laughs> you're the one uh, no, eating, you know what? You're the I one, eating, you're the one eating Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts are healthy. I don't know, man. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff to go over, but first. To the byline. It's in, it's an odd goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his calf. Some news stories from the soccer world, and of course I'm leading this off because I love awards so much. Uh, the golden yeah, but this one's but Eric, this one's about kids, so it's a sweet spot. <laughs> the Golden Boy <laughs> Award was announced, and. Uh, Matthias de Legit, Legit, whatever, won the award, which was, uh, you know, one, one of the, the players we or I highlighted last week going over the, uh, the Ajax promising talent. So it always feels nice to be vindicated. First, everybody realized that Neymar's a fraud, and now people are realizing that we know what we're talking about. Yeah, and then on top of that, another award is that Zach Steffen has been named the U.S. Men's National Player of the Year. What are your thoughts on that one, bud? I think it's a down year for the award. Down year for the U.S. National Team. Um, I, I, I agree with that, I think but he's deserving. I also couldn't come up with anyone more deserving. I, I, so I, say, I think he's deserving. Uh, you know, yeah. majority of this season, we saw Pulisic, Tyler Adams, and Weston McKinney out with injuries. We didn't really see them play all that much. And when Stefan did play, especially against solid competition, he had some really good games. I, I I don't think he's undeserving. I was just making a note that it's the down year for U.S. soccer, which would imply a down year for U.S. Men's National Team Player of the Year. No, yeah, I agree with that. Um, now, of down, I don't even know how to intro this, but Pele came out swinging on Messi. I think when some, somebody asked him um, if Messi is the like, greatest player ever, and he just came out with Messi only has one skill, he's, only, he's one-footed, 
and he can't head the ball. Oh, that was just brutal, man. So, so Pele's team Ronaldo, I'm guessing, right? Uh, Pele's team Pele, but above all. It sounds to me like if he was asked to pick uh, between Messi and Ronaldo from because at even if Ronaldo was one footed and only had one skill, we do know he can head the ball. So yeah, but what if that's the one skill? I think he has <laughs> other skills, but regardless, I, I do think Pele is a little harsh on on Messi here. Yeah, it's probably like a tad harsh, but but when you are Pele, Pele. You can decide to be that harsh, you know? I'm Yeah, the guy has three World Cups, so, I mean, hard to argue with that. And you also got to remember, he played at a time when only European players were eligible for the Ballon d'Or, so... Yeah. I mean, that's wait, a fact, too. Played By the way, did you know... This is, like, unrelated, but speaking of Brazilian soccer players who won the World Cup, Kaká is one of eight people to win a World Cup, a Champions League slash European Cup, and the Ballon d'Or. Who are the other seven? The other seven are all, let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Okay, one, obviously, Bobby Charlton of England and Manchester United. Um, Paolo Rossi of Italy, Zinedine Zidane, Ronaldinho, uh, Gerd Muller. Ronaldo? It has to be um, Beckenbauer. Brazilian Ronaldo? No, 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 no. I said Ronaldinho. I know, but I'm asking, what about, what? He never won the Champions League. Oh, wow. That's kind of strange. Okay, so I got Gerd Muller, uh, Franz Beckenbauer. Bauer. Fuck, I'm missing one guy. Who is it? I got Zidane. Fuck, oh, that's pretty good, though, that's I feel pretty, like. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I did not know that. And does that make Kaká one of the most underrated players of all time? Kaká is absolutely one of the most underrated players of all time. This was mainly a big plug for me to elaborate on that. That is the craziest statistic, by the way. Yeah, that's... That's about as, as individual and team winning you can be. Yeah. Uh, Eric, do you want to leave us off on this next story? Not really, because I don't believe it. I believe he, he's, there's, he's, already, he's, he's already been retired, right? <laughs> Who are you talking about? Another Chelsea player we all thought retired, just officially retired in Michael Essien. No, I was just joking. That actually didn't happen, but <laughs> the fact that it was believable. Okay. Because my note on that outline was literally, wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just was throwing that in there for the lulls. I, so I can't trust anything you do. I, I can't. So much for having a, a bit of an own goal retreat in Vegas. <laughs> Unless it's to improve team building, not not leave it in darkness. Well, uh, this next story is also pretty humorous. Uh, <laughs> former Leverkusen striker Stefan Kiesling admitted he never did any of the, like, preseason training workouts or training regimens and that they would uh, give him this heart monitor and apparently his wife is just a heck of an athlete and so he would just strap it on his wife and she'd do all the running and exercising for him. The real great part about this story is that it's true which is nice compared to the last story you had me <laughs> say you little bastard but the um, also what? <laughs> <laughs> Like he would just, he, he just, he just gave like his wife his heart monitor. Caliber running. He's just like, yeah, just go, go, go do professional athlete training. Thanks. I'll he's be. Just, okay. He's just probably enjoying a couple of beers watching TV. So that's my question: is if if you get your hypothetical wife to do your training for you, what are you doing in that in that time? 
personally. Probably, like me personally? Yeah. Um, I'm either just like watching TV, I'm just sitting on my ass eating, or like I'm at a strip club or something very far away from my life. Because it's kind of genius because one, <laughs> he doesn't have to do the running. Two, he gets rid of the wife for a few hours. I'm 100% eating a gigantic like burger, fries, fried pickles. I'm, that, that's what I'm doing because I know me. <laughs> um, this is kind of building up on an earlier story. We mentioned uh, quite a few episodes ago how FC Dallas center back Chris Richards was on going on loan to Bayern uh, Munich from Dallas, and we want to report that that move has been made permanent for a whopping $1.25 million. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, I love that. I mean, love th- to see... This all comes see- from that, that, that like a partnership agreement that Bayern and FC Dallas reached, what, yep. a year and a half, two years ago. So it's really cool to see it starting to, to bear fruit. Exactly. With the long-term goal, hopefully, that... Some of these guys end up getting good minutes. Even if it's not with Bayern, they play in Europe, they develop, and then they just crush it for the national team. And hopefully this uh, convinces other teams you know, in the Bundesliga or in other European leagues to establish these types of relationships with other uh, MLS clubs. I believe uh, Orlando has something similar in the works right now. With which team? I, I honestly can't remember. I was hoping you would. So this is awkward. This is not an MLS podcast. It never has been. No. Um, it never But was. I do have to tell one MLS story. So there's this really famous strip club in uh, – that's probably why I said the strip club answer in all honesty because I was staring at it. It's called Magic City in Atlanta. And if you don't know, um, Atlanta United beat the Portland Timbers to win the MLS Cup after they had an absolutely incredible year. And there's a picture out there of the MLS trophy at this strip club <laughs> with a stripper all up on it. Wait, Seriously? Seriously. Oh, this is a true story. This great. is not like a Michael Essien story. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, I fucking love that the boys just crushed the strip club after winning the uh, championship. I like that. That's a good story. Uh, another good story, but for the opposite. Uh, earlier this year in October, Gaurav Muki became the youngest goal scorer in the history of the in- Indian League at just 16 years old. Uh, two months later, he has been suspended six months. Hey, Donnie, why has he been suspended for six months? Because he lied about his age. He's not 16. He's actually 28. <laughs> and, dude, if you look at a picture of him, you look at this guy's mustache. Of, he has the one of the best mustaches I've ever seen. No way he's fucking 16. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get away with it for, for the first couple of months is my real question. I have no idea. Birth certificates must be easy as hell to forge in India, though. Hey, so Donnie, we have to talk about Icardi. We do. Do you know why I want to talk about Icardi? Because he's taken the mantle as the most underrated striker in the game. That's that is true. I think he is now the most underrated striker in the game. Now that this Aguero. podcast has done 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 its due diligence and done its job to get Aguero the recognition he deserves, Sergio, you're and welcome. ESPN, and ESPN fan vote had him named the number one striker. I really believe that's ten percent Sergio's doing, ninety percent Ongo podcast doing. I agree. So yes, Acardi is uh, the now the most underrated striker. In soccer, but that's not why I want to talk about him. Yeah, why do you want to talk about him? He and John Terry have something uh, very similar. They both like teammates' wives. So 
I didn't know this, but when he was first starting out his career, it was at some one of those like Sampoli, Genoa, whatever, one of those bullshit Serie A clubs. Um, Maxi Lopez was apparently married to a babe, and Icardi liked what he saw. Him and Maxi Lopez's wife started having an affair. Maxi Lopez and the wife got divorced. Icardi married the wife and tattooed a picture of Maxi Lopez's kid on his arm. He John Terryed a team. Wait, wait, wait. Is is that his current wife? Yes, and agent. Yeah, I know it's his agent. Damn. So just, I, I just feel like that goes. I, I didn't know that until I was randomly reading his Wikipedia page. It looked out and like my jaw was to it, the floor. But it sounds like this was a like, like we don't have con- stories of constant recurring dalliances with teammates' wives. No, this was one time. But dude, come on, one time with a teammate's wife, you gotta. That's a lot. So yes, it's, it's more than it should be. Um, but I'm like, and, I'm not, at least they're married and in love. Yeah. and clearly all in love. Yes, they're definitely positives, but. And I, and I agree with you, and I like Icardi. I'm not even saying he's a scumbag or a bad guy like JT, who is absolutely a scumbag. Yeah, I'm not ready but, to anoint him the uh, the uh, Argentinian John Terry. That's that's a little far. But it's I'd say far. he has. John- but at the end of the day, when you sum it down into one sentence, he slept with his teammate's wife. He John Terry his he he John Terry uh, Maxi Lopez. That is for sure. He has John Terry predilections. Oh, and to make it worse, apparently he kind of idolized Maxi Lopez when he was coming through. Well, maybe that makes... He liked him so much he wanted his wife. Yeah. (laughs) And with that, uh, Acardi is a hot guy, by the way, which is a perfect segue into my favorite segment, the whole reason we do the podcast, Hot Guy of the Week. The only reason we didn't stop, like, three months ago. Yeah. Uh, My Hot Guy of the Week, Charlie Austin of Southampton. Uh... I sent Eric a picture of him earlier. This guy's, this guy's he hot. like Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hardy fucked and had a baby almost to me. Like, do you kind of see that? Yeah. Um, actually, now, yeah, I actually really do see that a lot. Like those two guys just banged and had like a, like a baby. Oh, his beard game is on point too. Oh, it's and it's got that's like a picture from I think last year. It's even like fuller now. Uh, but anyway. So he's played three games since we last recorded, scored a goal against Tottenham. Unfortunately, Southampton lost. But in the 85th minute, tied 2 to at Arsenal, got the winner against Arsenal, and you got to love that. that so is. that's my hot guy of the week. Uh, he's six foot two, 185, an old-school English striker, came through the championship, started playing in the – he's like 29 now, started playing in the Premier League. Finally, he was about 25. Just a fucking. I uh, I was just looking at him. Would have guessed he'd be like a, a center back or a defensive mid. Just because nowadays the you don't see a striker that's built like that. Not with that jawline. No, he's a throwback to an old era, man, and I love it. I love. It. I actually like that guy a lot. I think he's just like a. He seems like he'd be just a great yeah. guy. So my hot guy of the week, I had to, I had to make a, a very quick audible, and you weren't gonna be happy with my original hot guy of the week. No, I know your original hot guy was gonna be was me, Sheridan Shakiri, and I had no, so many. No, no, that's not my original hot guy of the week. Midweek, I was like, unless he absolutely fucks up, Allison Becker is going to be my hot guy of the week because this Liverpool goalie is hot, and he made that immaculate save against Napoli to get Liverpool into the Champions League uh, round of sixteen. So I was like, honestly, uh, barring something absurd. Allison's going to be my hot guy of the week. And then, what, 
15 minutes into the Liverpool Man United game, he had an absolute horrible howler. Like half an hour in, buddy. Oh, it was half an hour in? Okay. He had an absolute horrible howler, uh, gifting Lingard an easy opportunity at a goal, which he converted. And I was like, well, now I have to go find a new Hawkeye of the week. And I was very, very, I was scrambling. Fortunately, I didn't have to scramble very far because uh, Super Sub and previous hot guy, hot, hot 11 of the World Cup, Jordan Shakiri put two goals, very lucky goals, very lucky goals. That's my issue with this selection right there. It's but, not that he isn't hot. It's that both goals were deflected. And they were big deflections. But here's, here's my justification for that. We're not saying hot guy of the week that was that had the best skill performance of of soccer of the week. It was just the hot guy that had a really good performance. And whether he Harry Kane accidentally got a hat trick or had an incredible Ronaldo <laughs> skill set level goal scoring, he knocked two goals in a major game and he kind of cemented that Moz would defeat Mourinho. Dude, that game hurt me. I'm sorry. I, 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 I warned you it was coming. I warned my I knew as soon as he scored the first one, I knew you were gonna pick him. I, 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 I hadn't selected him. I, I actually hadn't selected him until the second one went through, and then I was like, well, it is decided. Moving on to aptitude test, leaving that sour note behind before I don't, we go back. I don't want to move on to aptitude test because I think it's just gonna make you more upset. Oh, wait, is yours the same as mine? Because mine is kind of funny, too. Wait, so, can we highlight them at the same time real quick? I didn't I didn't, I didn't. didn't highlight mine. I didn't, I didn't type mine Okay, down. I'm highlighting my first one. Damn it, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to go first, so you take it, because I have a backup for it anyway. So the reason I wanted to go with this one is because I think it's very accurate right now, because this guy is no longer in in, in, in soccer, and he might need to, to make some applications, and he might need to fill an aptitude test to know what he's best gonna be best at. What what would if he wasn't in soccer, what would Jose which, Mourinho which he's not, which he's currently not, what would Jose Mourinho be? Okay. I so I'm loaded and ready for this one, because this is the one I was gonna give to you just to troll myself, but are you familiar with the InfoWars guy? I don't know his name, but you know that um, whole like it's Alex stuff? something. Yeah, well Alex Jones. Jose Mourinho Alex yeah, Jones. Alex Jones. Josie Mourinho would be the European conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Like, talking about the most random, weirdest shit. He'd be like, oh, Sergio Ramos is selling virginities. Well, actually, that's true. That's not a conspiracy, but you get the idea. He would be a conspiracy theorist, and he would be crazy. <laughs> God. I mean, the... the so many mixed emotions. So the, many mixed emotions. The easy answer for what would he be? He'd be a bus driver. Because <laughs> he parks the bus. <laughs> yeah, the problem is when your team can't defend for shit, maybe try a different strategy. <laughs> All right. If he wasn't a professional soccer player, what would Manuel Neuer be? Don't say anything related to Nazis. I'm not. <laughs> That's a bad look for the podcast. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm. Manuel Neuer, if he wasn't. I, okay, he'd be like a weird, like a a minor actor, in the <laughs> like sense a, that like a serious actor, like you know, in um, in Beer Fest when they play against the Germans and they're 
they're massive and they're German yeah. and they drink beer, he would literally be in that movie. So, like, anytime, like, one of those TV shows, like, CSI or NCIS had, like, a German character, Neuer would just always play yeah, this, like, yeah. big, stereotypical German. Also, I like that. That's a also if the social network was happening now, he would audition but not get the role of the Rink- the Winklevoss twins because I could see him saying, I'm 6'5", 225, and there's two of me. But... He yeah, liked- I bet Neuer has a huge dick. Like, he was made in a, in a Nazi laboratory, not to go Nazi, but we have to know it was No, true. actually, fuck that. He's he's like a German Wall Street guy. Ooh. Does a little bit of blow, has a has a nice car, nice suit, nice wrench. Oof. Love it. He does well for himself, and the ladies like him, but he's kind of about that whole Yale thing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what that means, watch American Psycho. And yeah, if you've never watched American Psycho, stop listening to this podcast now and watch American Psycho. Just kidding. Please keep listening. What do you What do you think he would be? Neuer? Yeah. This is going to sound weird, but I see him as a plumber. I can't tell you why. <laughs> what? But he very much looks like a plumber. Maybe I'm thinking like he looks like a plumber in a porno I saw recently. <laughs> <laughs> He just—I don't know why, but can't, like I just see him as like a very handy guy, good with tools, because he's just so big and strong. And we did already talk about he probably has a good wrench. Yeah, so he's probably just cleaning out your old lady's pipes with his big cock. Jesus, this got weird. Is he? He's not. He's not going to pull a. Uh, he's not going to pull an Acardi though, is he? I hope not. But I hope if he if you're going to sleep with a teammate's wife, do it the way Acardi did and love them and marry them. And don't feel like JT and, and just tattoo their tattoo their child onto your onto your arm. God, that's so weird. Dude, that's I will say this though. Maxi Lopez got cucked pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's actually talk about some soccer now. We'll do our quick Premier League recap. So the Premier League jammed us with a lot of games and the 15 episodes to be recorded, so I got three games to talk about of the big five. Conveniently, Manu falls into some of this. <laughs> so I kind of work around me not featuring Manu in the podcast. Plus, it helps when they fired their manager. And you bet by the next podcast, I'll have hired someone, so I got to talk about him again. I fucking love it. It worked out for me. Um, so Chelsea has had a very interesting three games. They lost 2-1 to Wolverhampton, who has that scary-ass Portuguese coach. They beat Man City. They beat Man City 2-0. And then they beat Brighton 2-1. So, kind of an up-and-down week for them. Um, Man City, before losing to Chelsea, had beat Watford 2-1. And then most recently uh, beat Everton 3-1. That loss against Chelsea is their first this season. But, buddy, we got to talk about Leroy Sané. Holy crap. This guy's on fire. Yeah. He's really turned it on. Before uh, November, but, what? Uh, yeah, two, go ahead. Read the stats. So, uh, 14 games for club and country before November. Two goals, three assists. Since November, 11 games, eight goals, five assists. Including, do you see that three kick in the Champions League? Holy crap. Okay. <laughs> he just shook his head. No. You, had, you just look up Leroy. I told Sonny's you that in confidence, game. damn it. Eric, it was wow. 
Just wow. I can't look up any soccer right now because, uh, audience, I still haven't watched Milan's game from earlier today. So, oh, which, I, which I watched while I was at work, by so the way. Please at, don't fire me. So after this podcast tapes, I'm going to go watch Milan. But that also means we're probably just going to skip Syria. <laughs> uh, we'll get there in a second. But uh, Liverpool just have been a machine, which I fucking sucks. But it yeah. is what it is. Crush Burnley 3-1. Beat Bournemouth 4-0. Mo Salah had a hattie. I know he's your boy. And then just really dismantled United 3-1. Do you want to talk about that game at all or not really? I mean, we're going to talk about it because it's going to lead us into us talking about Mourinho. So, from the get-go, Manu looked like they were playing for a 0-0 draw, which this team is just not capable of doing. Especially not against that Liverpool team. And, I mean, they just... They just dismantled us. They were the superior team. We, we got a lucky break for Lingard to score. Going 1-1 at the half was flattering as hell to United. De Gea did what he could, but, you know, they deserved, even though I criticized Shakiri's goals as being deflections, no doubt in my mind Liverpool deserved winners. Yeah, and I mean, Shakiri was in great position, right? He got he definitely got fortunate. Uh, but what really stick, stuck, stuck out to me, and it was very similar, and I don't mean to just lay it on thick, you know when we watched those some of those USA games against superior national teams? Yes. And we get to halftime or like near the end of the game and we're wondering, have we really had a shot on goal? Have we had like one shot on goal? How many times have we tested the other team's keeper? Yeah. With the exception of the Allison blunder, how many times I, I I'm really struggling to recall how many times United actually challenged Allison Becker. Very little to none. Yeah, so... You know, it doesn't help when Mata, who, like, is a... He, like, starts the gas of our offense when he plays on the bench. Pogba's on the bench. We're about to talk about that. I mean... And here's the thing. Klopp, Klopp had never beaten Manchester United before until this game. Yeah. That, that was always something we could hang on to. That's obviously over now. And I told my dad, you know, Mourinho's gone now. And this morning, they announced it. I texted you this morning when yeah. I... My phone was fu- literally almost on fire. Mourinho's been sacked. I had one. Mosby Mourinho. Uh, I, I predicted this because we finished second last year down like a shit ton of points, and we brought in Fred, a 35-year-old third-choice goalie, and some 21-year-old fullback from Portugal. So we didn't make the improvements we needed to make. But I knew it was going to be problematic because even before – a ball had been kicked, he was going after Paul Pogba. Yeah. He was talking about how Pogba did so well in the World Cup, but he was. But then every compliment was so backhanded. Oh, it's because he wasn't distracted. He wasn't doing other things. And I knew as soon as that relationship was going to sour, it was going to be bad for the season because Pogba is a huge dressing room figure for Manu. He's connected to so many of the guys who are close with him. Lingard, Rashford, Martial, Lukaku. I mean, that's like five, outside of Mata, those are your best attacking players. And this isn't a Man U team that had veterans like Giggs and Paul Scholes, Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, Nemanja Vidic. Those guys are all gone. I mean, Pogba's kind of the the biggest personality of the team, one of the biggest stars of the team in terms of star power. Yeah. And just Mourinho, I think he was trying to motivate him and, you know, stripped him of the vice captaincy. And it's just... Well, I I think Mourinho also needs to be the biggest personality... At the club he's at, right? And 
and it that 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 had worked for United teams previously, but that's because Sir Alex not just deserved that respect because of his resume, but because of what he did specifically at United. Right, Mourinho comes in with a great resume, but what has he earned at United? Aside from a a, a false treble. Yeah. Um, and then tactically, it wasn't working out. I've said this from for so long. He was defending with a team that needs to attack. Built to attack. This, this team isn't built to win a game 1-0. This team is very much built to win games 2-1, 3-1, 3-2. Yeah, 4-3. If you focus on attacking, this, this team can score goals. Trust me, these guys have goals in them. There's a reason all these guys play so well for the national team and then play for shit like shit when they come to menu. Who do you think benefits the most with the, whatever with, with whatever coaching change it is? Is it Pogba? Uh, I think the three who will benefit the most: Pogba, Sanchez, Mata. You think Sanchez will? I think someone's going to give Sanchez a second chance and say, "Hey, man, you have talent. I believe in you." And sometimes in sports, changing all, across all sports, not just soccer, changing the manager just gives the team all of a sudden a lift. Just the art of, of having someone new in there. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, that relationship was toxic. It was toxic. Listen, toxic I, I want to say this too. Manu wasn't doing Mourinho favors either. He was constantly fighting over transfers. He was constantly fighting with Ed Woodward and the board. I mean, there was con- it was a toxic relationship on both sides. And yeah. Pogba was being a bit of a shit at times. I mean, listen, he was being. I feel like he was being kind of unfairly criticized by Mourinho a lot, but he could have handled it better too. I'm not sure. saying he's without blame, but... A lot of the players also didn't like the way he treated poor Luke Shaw. He fucking fat shamed him for an entire year. Like two years. The way he treated Valencia, stripping Pogba of the vice. I mean, I, I heard, a lot of reports said that the players were surprised, but there was a sense of relief in the dressing room, and that says a lot. Yeah. But also, should they really have been surprised? I guess. I mean, I think it's maybe it's different when you're a player, man. Yeah, I, yeah. That's that, that guy's that guy's been their coach for two and a half years. Yeah, I'm just I'm wondering if if they're actually surprised or if that's just a, a way to to kind of soften the blow that they're all fucking right now at a strip club just fucking throwing money because they don't have to deal with Jose Mourinho anymore. Dude, what is with you in strip clubs today? Probably because we didn't go to one in Vegas. Yeah, but like it, you're making it sound like we did go to one in Vegas. I don't know. I just the, the strip club thing really just came from the MLS story. Like I just yeah. thought that was so funny. But yeah, I, 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 it's all very interesting. And I'm, you know, what's really changed? Nothing really improved. I get, and I guess this is why he's gone from the last time we had the the Mazu Mourinho conversation a couple episodes ago. Um, and I'm wondering, do you think this was the right time to do it, or should it have been done earlier? I should have been done earlier. Yeah. I get why they waited until after the Liverpool loss, but I mean, I think it should have been done after what was it? Was that, was it a, that, that was it a Bournemouth loss? What there was a, I can't remember who it was like Southampton, Bournemouth, one of those. Bright, it was that Brighton loss. That was, that was like six games into the season. Yeah. I would have done it then. Yeah. But I mean, they gave him a chance to, to, to credit the board. They gave him a chance to salvage it. And I think Liverpool, you just, you, you can't lose to Liverpool. Fucking lose 37 games, 36 games, but win those two against Liverpool for me. So, moving forward, 
So moving forward, here's the. Do you hire a steward? Do you hire a steward to see out the rest of the season, or do you try to bring somebody in permanently? I would bring in someone permanently right now, but here's what I've heard is what's going on. Michael Carrick is assuming control for 48 hours. In the next 48 hours, they're going to hire a caretaker manager to see out the season and then get someone new when the season's over. So that is the current, that is Manu's current plan. Michael Carrick in charge for 48 hours. Already 12 of them have gone by 36 hours. Uh, he's going to handle the training sessions. And I like that. I, I like yeah. Michael Carrick. I think he's a good guy. He's part of the, the Sorales old guard. I'm happy with him just seeing up for a couple of days. They're going to bring in a caretaker. I don't really like a caretaker manager because to me that just seems like you're giving up on the season. Well, it's sitting the the, I think they're bringing him. It's similar to what we had with like Dave Sarakin, right? We didn't really like that. You you don't have a manager. You have the absence of a manager who has, exactly. no, who has no authority long-term. Um, I've heard, and I don't like this at all, that it's going to be this guy's a manual legend, by the way. The, probably one of the greatest super subs of all time. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer from Mold. They're going to buy out his contract in Mold, and he's going to see it out. They're going to buy him out. They're going to buy him out to just be the caretaker. Yep. It just sounds like a lot of an investment. He coached the reserves for a couple of years in Alex's day. Although I did say bring in a club legend to be the caretaker. That was my 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 guess as to what would happen. So I like. They're bringing him in. He's been at Mold for about five years. Coach Ethan, Ethan Horvath, Horvath for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, uh, he only was only won two league titles over there. But like, what's what's this caretaker's goal going to be? Like, what, like, because there's a, I don't know if any, a new manager in half a season is going to be able to get United to fourth place. I disagree. I think if Zidane was hired right now. But I don't. He could, get, he could get the team into fourth place. If I'm Zidane, Antonio Conte, you know somebody, Laurent Blanc. I would, That's what I wanted for the caretaker manager. I wanted Blanc to be the caretaker. If manager. I'm one of those guys, I'm saying I don't want to inherit Jose's 19 point whole mess. Come talk to me. You know, let's talk now. I would love to 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 come on in you know in May. No, I get in, that. I'm saying yeah. what I would I would just get. I'd be like. There's everyone has an amount of money where they'll put all that to the side in, in the game. You yeah, know but true. are the Glazers are the Glazers going to pony up that amount of money? Yeah, the the club is fine. The club makes so much money. It's stupid. Like I wish the club would stop making money so they want to fucking win. But the, like there was literally you know one of the articles with Mourinho being gone is even if Pogba leaves yeah. too, the Manu brand is still strong. Like what the fuck kind of article is that? Yeah, fuck off. Fucking, um, fucking I think they're going to bring in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I wanted them to bring in Laurent Blanc, also a former player. Um, and I guess his goal is just to not make an embarrassment, maybe make it almost exciting that we'd have a chance, like convince us in March maybe there's a shot. I don't know, but this season's pretty much over for Man U. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Uh, if, well, I would be ecstatic if they made the top four and like someone came in and just maybe the relationship was that toxic that the players were just not even giving a fuck. And, and I mean, it could get there. It could get there. Who knows? But I doubt it. I yeah. think the season's over. Uh, I'm going to switch to podcasting about another sport now. Uh, Arsenal, in the last couple of games, tied Man U 2-2. Pretty good game. That was a great, that was a great game. Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield, they, they they beat Huddersfield Town 1-0. Not as good of a game. And then a late 3-2 loss to Southampton. Thanks to my boy, Charlie Austin, that good-looking prick, man. What He's a, so good-looking. What a beard. 17 games in, table looks like this. Liverpool at sit atop at 45 points. Man, Man City 
one point behind at 44. Gross. Tottenham have had a pretty good run of things late. 39 points into yeah, Champions they, We forgot to mention it, but they won their last three games. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chelsea at 37 points, and then Arsenal at 34 points. It's looking like a five-horse race for top four. And it looks like a two-horse race for the title. Yeah, I don't see it's Tottenham. Totally, it's like my nightmare of the horses, too. It's the worst horses it could be for me. Tottenham are, are six points out, so two entire games behind Liverpool. And I just don't see them having the quality to avoid. Yeah, especially when every story in the world is saying that Pochettino wants to coach Manchester United, and he's there, and he's Manchester United's number one target. So if you get poached, does that mean you poach uh, Kane, too? I would love that. What, send, send Lukaku and money to Tottenham and get Harry Kane? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want Poach, though. But I'm saying if... if he, can't, if, he can't win a fucking trophy. I'm not saying he's the best hire, but if I get Pochettino, I sure as shit would like my team to go after Harry Kane at that point. Yeah. Trade Lukaku and plus cash for Harry Kane. And then trade the rest of the team for Mbappe and start from there. <laughs> uh, don't get rid of Luke Shaw. No, obviously not Luke Shaw, not De Gea. I would rather keep Pogba now that Mourinho's gone. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I would rather you keep him too because I don't want to see him go to Juventus, which is the big rumor. Oh, Jesus. All right, uh, speaking of Juventus, all I'm going to say about Serie A is Juventus is going to win the title, I think. Yeah. And I, I think Ronaldo, you said Ronaldo wasn't going to get to 25 goals, and it's not even halfway in. I think he's on 14 Serie A. Well, I like my pick. He really, really turned it up, okay? I was looking good for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. He's just really, well, he's just really good at soccer. <laughs> Breaking news from a goal podcast. Cristiano Ronaldo is really good at soccer. Uh, back to La Liga, which has been interesting this season. We both admitted that, just like how close it's been. So far. Yeah. Uh, Barca has been on an absolute tear. They beat Espanyol 4-0. That's a local derby, by the way. Espanyol is also in Barcelona. And then they absolutely decimated Levante 5-0, where Messi had what I call is truly... Like, I think 5-0 is a perfect soccer score. I know 6-0 or 7-0 more, more goals, but there's something about 5-0 that, to me, is like a perfect win. And Messi, I think, had the perfect game in that, too. Yeah. Uh, trick. And to assist in a five-goal game. Donnie, I got to say, I'm with I'm in the camp of people that think 6-0 or 7-0 is better than 5-0. It's better, but it's not perfect. At that point, you're being a dick. After five, you're being a dick. You're not sports, sporting anymore. 5-0 is the perfect win. Because it gives you the perfect hat trick plus two assists. Dude, don't, get mad. Don't, don't get mad, Donnie. It's just math. I'm not mad. Uh, Atletico beat Alves 3-0. With an 80th minner, by the way. And then they also won... Oh, no, I'm sorry. They beat Alaves 3-0. Yeah. And then they beat Real Valladolid 3-2 with an 80th minner. Hey, you're, one of your boys had a goal in each game. This is not my boy. Nikola Kalinic was so garbage. I have never seen one player miss so many op- completely open nets with the ball at his feet less than three feet away from the goal in one season. I know there was a lot of qualifiers, but holy shit, he was so bad for Milan last season. He is not my boy. I'm glad he's gone. But it's nice to see Atletico Madrid not shit the bed for a couple games in a row. That was pretty cool. 
Yeah, because you know they every other fucking game they just tie one one for some reason. I don't think they're. I think man, two wins in a row. This is huge for them. <laughs> Speaking of one one, Sevilla and Valencia went one one. Uh, Bakayushi, how do you say his name? I'm so bad at his name. Batshuayi. Batshuayi Batman scored a a late 90th minute equalizer for Valencia. And then Sevilla followed that up with a 2-0 win against Girona, which sounds like a like a Spanish way of saying gonorrhea to me. Uh, also, uh, Madrid had a couple tight victories against. No, I totally forgot about them. against Huesca and Rayo Vallecano. I think yeah. Bale and Benzema on the score sheet in the different games. Yep. So your table looks like Barca at 34, Sevilla at 31, Atletico 31. Who, by the way, Atletico have lost one league game, but have drawn seven. Seven draws. That is a lot of draws there. Especially when they've played set 16 games, 17 games in this season already. Something like that. Yeah. But, they, but they're still in, tied for second, basically, which is nuts. They're, they're one game out of first. Yeah. But seven draws. That's pretty sweet. And Real Madrid with twenty nine points. So I mean, hey, five points, one to four. That's a that's a pretty tight title race. It looks like it's going to shape up to be. Yeah. Speaking of tighter uh, title races than than we were expecting, Bundesliga got a little interesting. How so? Well, just today, Borussia Dortmund lost to fucking Dusseldorf. <laughs> when I saw the score on ESPN. I thought it was a joke. Like, I refreshed. I was like, there's no way they lost their only league game in the season so far to fucking Dusseldorf. So if, if Bayern, who have a really big game tomorrow against Red Bull Leipzig, get a Third v. Fourth. Three v. Four. If Bayern knock, knock, knocks a win there, they're going to move down to just six points below first place Dortmund. So a uh, really big game for both Do- Bayern and Leipzig to kind of catch up to Dortmund, who've been on a tear lately. Also really big for the Bundesliga is last week, 86 seconds into his first appearance as a professional, the Red Baron, our boy, Josh Sargent, scored for Werder Bremen. I, and we're not even the ones calling him the Red Baron. Oh, yeah. That was the Werder Bremen English Twitter account announcing 86 seconds in the Red Baron, quote-unquote, scores his first goal. Yeah, that what a badass nickname, by the way. Oh, we're definitely, yeah, we're definitely running with that. And now, we're moving on to the Champions, the Champions! League. Um, there were only a few games that really mattered. And so, that's, we're not going to go over everything, but just, just a little bit. So, Eric, you want to lead us off? Yeah. Um... Na- Liverpool Napoli, I think, was the big one to going into it, right? Two of the, you know, two teams that that people were really excited to see in European competition, drawing in the same group along with PSG, and uh, Liverpool just needed a draw or better. We we talked about in the previous episode how I think you said this. You're always a little nervous about teams that just need a draw, right? Because that's, that, that's the worst situation. That is the fucking worst. And then I mentioned that if there was one coach that I think could help avoid that pitfall, it would be Don Carlo. And, well, I'm wrong. No. you Totally disagree with you. His players couldn't... They had 
Oh my God, the chances they had to equalize. Chances that Allison didn't even save, they just skied them. No, 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 no. I watched the fuck out of that game. There is, the, that is whole 1,000%, that, that's a result that's on the players, not the man. Because they had chance after, I mean, there were six different times where I'm like, oh, there's the Napoli go, oh, there's the equalizer. And then, it's not even on frame, some of these chances, they're fucking blasting them. Yeah. No, that's not on him. That's on his players. For so, me. G- game ended up being one nothing to Liverpool, knocking Napoli out of Champions League um, again, and then Liverpool making it through as second place in the group. I do love the quote pregame from Don Carlo, where he said that if we do not, oh my god, if we if we do not qualify for the round of sixteen, we are dickheads. And then he repeated, "Yes, dickheads." <laughs> he also said, like the week before, we would be idiots not to qualify. And he's right. The players were. Fu- I. I. The, dude, the, the quality of chances that they had, they wouldn't even put. They didn't even put them on frame. I. I just. That is some. If you want to learn how to not finish, watch that game and no, look at the nap- no, action. no. Go watch Nikola Kalinic AC Milan highlights 2017 to 2018. I promise you, it's worse. <laughs> I promise you, it's worse. So things are shifting gears to Barca and Tottenham and Inter PSV. That whole group. Things looked good for Tottenham at first when Messi was on the bench. Really bad when, like, 10 minutes in, Dembele oh dribbled God. 50 yards, could have passed it, said nope. Just literally fucked Tottenham's entire defense. Like, it was so embarrassing in that back line that those defenders' children are going to fucking suffer from this. And just absolutely stunning individual goal. And things weren't <laughs> lo- looking good for Tottenham. But shortly after that... Uh, Somebody that I highlighted on this podcast at this podcast inception, Irving Lozano for PSV put one past Inter. So both teams that needed to, to you know do well were trailing one nothing, and Tottenham was was relatively safe, barring um, you know a comeback goal from Inter, which of course comes near the end of you know I think with with seventy minutes left to go in the the. The Tottenham game enter through a Cardi because nobody else for that team can score uh, leveled, and now it was Inter going through in second, Tottenham going home. I got and at this point Messi's come on the game, um, and I know that they they were not doing a full you know the full A team. It was some young kids, but they still had a you know Barcelona still had some a lot of talent on that field, and I was really impressed. I thought with how Tottenham actually played. They were. Yeah, and then Lucas Moura ends up getting an 85th, 83rd, something like that, minute goal, and uh, it puts Tottenham through. Yeah, Tottenham through. Bad uh, bad week in Europe for, for Serie A. Yeah, really. good week for the Premier League, only league that had all four teams go to the round of 16. Yeah, and then I think, did La Liga have all of, I guess it had, oh, I guess all of, all of La Liga... Teams that were eligible that were in Europe comp- European competition are still in European competition because yeah, because the, I only had three of their four progress. Be, it, it, but the one that that fell Valencia, right? It was Valencia. Mm-hmm. They are they are still they're in Europa, right? So they're still in European competition. So a uh, couple of interesting statistics from the group stage. Manu only led for 57 minutes across six games and got to the round of 16. So that's an interesting one. Uh, Ethan Horvath had a perfect Champions League in that as the goalie, he played three games for Club Bruges and he kept a clean sheet in all of them. 
And this one is the one that I think like would bother me the most. CSK Putin, aka CSK Moscow, aka Putin, beat Real Madrid in the home leg and the away leg, and still didn't qualify for the round of sixteen. God, that sucks. <laughs> um, now we made some predictions, and I have tabulated the results. The results are in. Eric, you correctly predicted. I just did a like number of teams we got correct in the round of sixteen. Yeah, it works. Because I just did it like as you were talking. So <laughs> you correctly predicted 13 out of 16 teams. That's pretty damn good. How'd you do? I predicted 15. Fuck you. Is that, is that just total teams in or is that including first and second place? That, I just did total teams in. Okay. Because of time. Okay. At, a little bit later before our next pod, we're going to actually tabulate. I think we said, because we said two points. Right, because the same scoring we did for the uh, the World Cup, it was two points for the proper placing, one point for just getting the team in. Yes, we can do that again. I, I think it's only fair. Okay. I probably that still was, That was a number of teams, though. Hey, good job with the 15, damn. Thanks, Dad. Dallas Hassel really fucked me over on that one. Oh, that was it. That, that's the only one you missed. Yeah, I know. The best team in the fucking competition. The best the competition. team in the best league didn't, didn't advance. Um... Now, we have some look at these round of 16 matchups. We're going to do like a preview and predictions much closer because these games aren't until February. Yeah. We just want to like tease them out a these, little. These are a, a, Ro- you might Porto call a tasty It's a better snack. game than people think it's going to be. Here's, here's the hot take Roma Porto is going to be a better two leg match than Man United PSG. Dude, that's not a hot take. That's Man U PSG is going to be a slug. That's going to be 9 1 on aggregate. It will be cool to watch. Uh, Mbappe score four goals in one game, though. That feels bad. I'm sorry, man, but like I don't know who on that defense can run with. No, hey, I, I see. Hey, by the way, I had a question. Uh, what European competition are in Mil- Milan in right now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, the, the greasy Greeks got to y'all. Yeah, yeah. All we had to do was avoid losing by two, and so what did we do? We uh, we lost three one, uh, <laughs> including an own goal. <laughs> Uh, this is one of the ones that I'm really pumped for of the rounds of seeing Tottenham Dortmund. I think that's going to be a that, great. What what I'm kind of bummed about is that you know Tottenham's a team I would pull for against you know a lot of other teams like uh, Barcelona, Bayern, Juve, Man City, Real Madrid. Real Madrid. So of course they're going to play one of the teams that I'm most looking forward to supporting uh, Dortmund. Which means even when one, so I'm guaranteed to have one of them go through, but I'm also guaranteed to have one of them go home. Which means the team I really want to go to go through, Dortmund's not going to make it. And then you got Ajax versus Real Madrid, and I think upset. I'm not making a prediction yet. I think this has the potential for it to be a huge upset, given Hun- just based on the way Ajax has played and the way Real Madrid has played. I'll be more. I'll be more interested to look at this, you know, closer to February because yeah. it's a lot of time for Madrid to get their shit together. Or for injuries to hurt either team. And injuries, but Ajax is young, and they run, and they're talented. And everyone's going to expect Real Madrid to lose, and when you play a team who has nothing to lose, no expectations, it's dangerous. Yeah. Another really um, exciting... I think both the I think both Real and Barcelona are in tough matchups. Liverpool... Not Liverpool, wow. Lyon... Is you know the team that what they beat Man City twice in the group stage, didn't they? I thought beat them once and tied them. Tied once. them once. That's what it was. But Leon's playing really well. Nabil Fakir is is 
is killing it lately. Memphis Depay is the French uh, in the league with Neymar and Mbappe leads league on assists. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch this 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 matchup here. Now, I think this next one though might be the cream of the crop. I don't know. But then again, one of the teams is really bad. I forgot about that. That's I like so we're looking at Liverpool Bayern and I I really think this is a pretty easy draw for Liverpool as crazy as that sounds. I no, I agree with you. I expect Liverpool to win pretty comfortably. Yeah. Uh Bayern is just so old. Yeah. And Liverpool's really quick and young. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, okay, no, th- but this next one, though. The next crazy. one, cream of the crop, I agree. Atletico Madrid, Juventus. Ooh, Ronaldo versus Atletico Madrid. He's knocked... So, the storyline before has always been how Real Madrid has knocked out Atletico Madrid in, like, the last five or four Champions Leagues. And now it is maybe it's Ronaldo that knocks Atletico Madrid. That's going to be great. Also, this is a very losable uh, draw for Juve, and what would the reaction be if they go out after paying all this money for Ronaldo, specifically for the Champions League? Oh, dude, those Fiat workers who like were on strike when they brought in Ronaldo because they weren't getting paid are going to be pissed. Yeah, if so gets knocked out here. So I, I'm really interested to see how that one plays out. Last one, you know, it's been fun having our boy Weston McKinney in the Champions League, but with their draw going up against Man City. All good things come to an end. We love you, Weston. You're an absolute beast, but yeah, fuck, dude. That's not great. Yeah. You, you, you tried. You did good. And uh, anyway, those are just kind of like a tease. We're going to definitely, you know, probably the episode before these games start, we're going to get into it really deep. We'll make our predictions. And we'll we're going to try really hard to actually follow through on this one. Yes. Yes, we will. And now... We had a little. Uh, we had a little email today, so we have it's some mailbag going mail on. Mail time. Honestly, the reason we don't record every week is because I can only stand hearing that once every two weeks. Yeah, that's fair. That's why I do it. You want to read it, or do you want me to read it? From the from our, our constant contributor Nick Foster, uh, with Mourinho's sack this morning. Also, the subject line: "Next man parentheses you up." That's that's really good, Nick. I I appreciate that. Uh, with Mourinho's sack this morning, who do you guys think is the best option for the Man U job? Should Ryan Giggs get more consideration? He's getting none as as of when I wrote this. Also, shout out to Donnie for winning Maz v. Mourinho. Thank you. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to get a little trophy. Uh, <laughs> and this is going to say uh, winner of Maz v. Mourinho bout. Or maybe like instead of... <laughs> Instead of a trophy, oh, you know what I want to do? I want to get like a like like a boxing belt or like a WWE belt <laughs> that says like Maz v. Mourinho champion. I can do uh, it. You want to take the first stab at this? Uh, who do you guys think is the best option for the Manu job? So I, I think you need somebody who can play exciting attacking soccer, which rules out. Uh, Antonio Conte for me. He's too defensive. Too Rules out Diego Simeone as well. Rules out Simeone. I think you need somebody who can get United back to uh, to what they were, who shows a way of playing exciting, attacking, young soccer. And even though he hasn't really won much and he's gotten pretty lucky uh, with his success, I think uh, Gareth Southgate would be a really interesting hire. I think he's he, old. What? 
When you said that to me earlier today, yeah, I let it percolate for a while. And I will say, the England players love that guy. And so here, that that the England players absolutely love him. You want to make another run at trying to sign uh, Harry Maguire, Gareth Southgate? I think he can do that. You want to make a, a play at at a. Uh, Harry Kane, I think Southgate could do that. But more importantly, you are... Is Manuel only allowed to sign players named Harry in this hypothetical? 1,000%. I mean, (laughs) don't be an idiot. But you also want to get the most out of players like Rashford, Lingard. I think Southgate can do it. Also, I don't understand why why other teams haven't done what he did with in terms of their their, uh, set-piece prep because... The dude unlocked something in the World Cup that I haven't seen replicated, and I would love to see a team do more of that and less short corners because short corners are fucking stupid. Yeah. And the second part of the question about Ryan Giggs. I mean, sure, if he's getting none, he should get some consideration, but I think I want... I would want more than just like a, a previous club player. I've seen Milan go through Clarence Seedorf, Pipo and Zaggy. Now they at, they're at Gattuso. But I, you run the risk of, of smearing the pristine image of a club legend when you hire them that doesn't work out. So I would and, want... And just to add on that, I agree. Plus, you know, he just started with the Wales job and he's just, the, he's just, just too would, inexperienced for that big of a task. I would want Giggs to have more of a... a more more stops on his CV before before coming to, to United for me personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, there's only there's only ever been one answer to this question post-Mourinho since we've known him coming. I've told you before, there's only one guy who I want to give this shot to, Zinedine yeah. Zidane. Oh, I thought we were going to go David Moyes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> God, you're really, you're really on one today, huh? I'm well, really... Not to lay it on, but I'm just going to... Talk about kicking a dog when it's Dude, down. I'm really negative today. <laughs> no fucking kidding. Uh, Zinedine Zidane. The guy has won. In, he has attempted the Champions League three times. Yeah. He has won three times. Obviously, the guy, fucking look at Real Madrid without. I mean, yeah, Ronaldo left too. That's huge. Don't get me wrong. But can't ignore that Zidane left. Yeah. Um, oh, you got a couple of French guys you want to get the most out of? Tony Anthony Martial, Paul Pogba. Oh, who better? Who, who do you Paul Pogba, really great mid- French midfielder. I wonder who he idolized growing up. <laughs> yeah, I, your your answer is the right answer. I I wanted to be a little kind of no. Creative. I thought that was a very creative outside of the box answer. I'm not shitting on you. No, no, no. But you're, you're, I'm I'm just saying your answer is correct. Your answer is right. Um, I think Zidane is the way to go. I mean, and if and if he's honestly, if he doesn't, if, if they bring in a Zidane like guy, if they bring in Zidane and he can't turn this team around after a couple of years, the job is just toxic, and we just got to wait for Strahox to die. Jesus. Which I hope never happens, so it's like I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> okay, no, but the best man for the job is obviously just to, like, bring Sir Alex back. <laughs> if they hired Sir Alex back right now, I would put $1,000 on Manu finishing in the top four. Jesus. Because... That dude won a Premier League title with Tom Cleverly. Tom fucking Cleverly <laughs> in the midfield. That guy could stretch out every... He could squeeze out every talent a player has in their body. Yeah, he was also able to... I mean, how how long did Michael Carrick provide... 
Oh, Michael, Champions League winner Michael Carrick, three-time Premier League winner Michael Carrick, exactly. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> Not to mention Darren Fletcher, too. Holy fuck. Darren Fletcher. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure by the next episode we'll know who the uh, interim is, and then it's yeah. just going to be a, it's going to be basically me being crying every time Manu plays and just waiting for the successor. Please be Zidane. Well, uh. I think that's 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 the episode. Really appreciate you guys, you know, hanging around and listening to us talk. Uh, once again, follow us on Twitter at ongolpod. You can email us at ongolpod at gmail.com. There's the Facebook group. Please rate and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud if that's more your jam. And uh, pass the pod along, you know. It's a great a great gift this Christmas when you forget to give you know, or whatever holiday you might celebrate when you forget to give your loved one a gift. Let them know I wanted to share this podcast with you. The more the podcast grows, the cooler stuff we can do, the better content we can provide. Even a little own goal podcast swag. We've been throwing ideas back and forth, but yeah, we actually have, we actually have a podcast grow. We have a couple cool ideas, but we need you know listeners to to justify us doing that. Also, the more listen- yeah, that's gonna be like ten grand in the hole because I bought a bunch of fucking T-shirts nobody wants to buy. The, the, the more uh, the more listeners we have, the the more we're going to have to make sure we don't miss weeks. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.